You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. We did it again, people. We have done it again. We made it to the weekend. Give yourself a little pat on the back. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Home to, you know it, you love it. Michael K. Show trivia champion Gordon Damer. As well as home to... Stump Rothenberg, living legend, Gordon Damer. I have the receipts. I wonder if Stump Rothenberg will be the same this week. I'm not, it's going to be actually Stumping Rothenberg. It's not going to be me. And at last check, effective up to 87% accuracy. So impressive. But uh, we have a lot of stuff to do today. Can we get it all in? The answer is no. We have the one hour, of course. Uh, we run you up until 6 o'clock. We don't run you. We, we just uh, we lead you up until 6 o'clock. I don't want you to think there's going to be any physical exercise. God forbid. Not at this hour. But we'll take you up until Golik and Wingo come your way at 6 o'clock. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I'm on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question momentarily. But the NBA returned last night. So that was a big story. That's going to be a major focus all day. The official face of New York sports, Aaron Judge, continues to be awesome. You have the Tom Thibodeau news. Tom Thibodeau officially the Knicks head coach. Jamal Adams, as it turns out, did you guys know this? Jamal Adams, it turns out he might be completely full of himself. I know. Who knew? It turns out he might also be full of something else, but I uh, can't use that term on the air. But And then, of course, we have the Mets. Oh, the Mets, the clown princes of baseball. Uh, so we'll get to them in a little bit. But we got a poll question, moment of inspiration at 530-ish. New net picks and chill pick for this week, which is getting harder and harder to do. Hopefully, you got in on the FanDuel deal last. Did anybody else get in on that? We've been running these promos. Like I do these promos every day for FanDuel, and I'll be honest with you. I use FanDuel. That's my, my, my when I want to bet. Uh, I live in Jersey. Thank God I do because I'm able to bet when I want. And FanDuel essentially was just giving away free money last night. They were running these promos. Like if every 2,500 fans who bet on the Lakers, for every 2,500, they would move the line in the Lakers' favor by one point. So I got in. I have to do these things sometimes right after the show. I didn't do it right after the show yesterday, but when I got in, it was like early afternoon, it was like the Lakers plus 10. I'm like, oh, free money. By the end, it was Lakers plus 52. And I think the Lakers won by, what was it, one or two last night? Jazz won. So glad the league jumped through all those hoops to get Zion into the restart for him to play 11 minutes. He played 11 minutes last night. Oh, but oh, what a magical 11 minutes it was. And uh, I probably shouldn't say jump through hoops because I don't think Zion is in shape to uh, be able to do that. Even in quarantine, they couldn't get a, a, a treadmill to Zion's house. I'm not saying you got to play in 35 minutes, although Tom Thibodeau would have. <laughs> We're back. We're grinding our way into the NBA restart. I mean, have them on a minute's limit, but I mean, can you use them over the final three minutes of a winnable game that you lost by two? That seems less than ideal. Uh, but uh, look, we got a lot of stuff to do. 1 800 919 ESPN is the phone number. L- let me just say this. Have you ever had a really weird dream? 
You ever had a dream that just kind of stays with you? The one that stays with me probably more than any. I once had a dream that I ruled all of the bees. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't have an allergic. I don't know why, but I could control all the bees that exist, and I could tell them who to sting, who to go after. It was fantastic. Eventually, though, the bees uh, turned on me, and they started stinging me, and then I woke up like ah. But I have a bunch of weird dreams. As weird as my dreams are, I have not dreamed or dreamt of coaching the Knicks. But Tom Thibodeau has, and he will. He was introduced yesterday as the uh, new Knicks head coach, which it seems like there's a new Knicks head coach every year around this time. But it was a move you knew was going to happen. Leon Rose can tell us all he wants about how they went in with an open mind and they weren't making any uh, assumptions. They just went through the process. I mean, this is not exactly the dating game, right? Like what a coincidence that would be that the person we all knew was going to get the job from the moment the job was open, even before the job was open. It's Tom Thibodeau. Everybody knew that. Again, it's not like the dating game where all of a sudden the, the, the bachelorette or the bachelor comes out from behind the, uh, the, the wall. Oh, my gosh, it's Tom Thibodeau. Tom, what are you doing here? We have such a long hair. I didn't know it was you. That's the guy they wanted to hire from the beginning. And they can interview 11 people, and they hired the guy we knew they were going to hire. Now, that doesn't mean it's bad. But a couple of things that were said yesterday, and Tom Thibodeau was on with the uh, the Michael K. show yesterday. We'll let you hear a little bit of that. Although I, I've heard that the sound of it uh, was terrible. So, you know what? This is true. Uh, uh, let's say let's. I don't know if we're going to play much of it because if the sound is terrible, this is radio, and that's the only thing that really matters is how does it sound. The presser sounded way better. <laughs> the the presser sounded way better. So yeah. maybe we'll play the presser coming up. Uh, with all due respect to the the, the awesome Michael K show, uh, maybe we'll play the uh, presser coming up. But you know they said plenty of things yesterday, and I've heard some of the clips. And forgive me for not sitting down. And hanging on every word from Tom Thibodeau. Because I feel like I've been down, as I said, I mean, every year the Knicks kind of go through this process. Oh, a new coach. All right. But a couple of things that talking points that came out of yesterday that you need to spare me from. And maybe you feel the same way. One is winning culture. We're going to build a winning culture hear this term a lot, right? Culture. It's all about the culture. We got to get the culture right. We got to build this winning culture. You know, maybe it's me. Maybe it's my crankiness in my old age. Rather than building a winning culture, how about, I don't know, we build a winning team. How about a winning team rather than a culture? Culture is a scam. Culture is something teams sell you because the team sucks. Have you ever heard the Yankees? Who's the winning team in town, right? Wins year in and year out. Have you ever heard the Yankees talk about winning culture? Or do they talk about winning games, winning titles, winning divisions, winning championships? Now, they haven't been able to win the championships. I get it since 2009. But I've never heard them talk about, well, you know, we really got, this is really going to improve the winning culture around here. No. They make moves based on winning games, winning titles, winning championships. They have a winning team. 
This building a winning culture. Oh my God, have I heard that? I mean, I don't know. It, it seems like it was it was marketed by some PR genius. You know what you tell them? Tell them that we're going to build a winning culture. Just win games. Build a winning team. And the culture will follow. I mean, a perfect example of that, the team that talked the most about culture, culture, culture. Who was the team recently that talked the most about that? The Brooklyn Nets. Oh, we have this great culture. This culture is going to appeal to free agents. And it did. And they kept that culture right up until the moment they could sign those free agents. And then they took that culture and threw it right out the window. Out the window. This winning culture is a complete scam. Build a winning team. Also, can I have a break from, well, he's from New York. He's from New York, and that matters. It matters that he's from New York. He, he knows what goes on around here. Look, I, I love New York. I love the tri-state area. I've never moved. I never wanted to move. I want to live here the rest of my life. But the rest, and, and, and look, I'm the biggest proponent of, of, of this area and New York. You know, New York is the capital of the known universe. I say that all the time, that we deserve, it, it, we deserve more because we live here. But the, the recipe for winning is the same everywhere, right? Like, get good players, get a good coach, everybody working together, you'll get results. And to me, you know, like Tom Thibodeau, if I'm looking on the positive side, I think that at least he'll restore some respectability, right? Like, you know Tom Thibodeau can actually coach in games, whereas a lot of people that the Knicks have hired recently, you didn't know that, which, <laughs> not surprisingly, it's not worked out. He needs, more importantly than knowing how New York works or how the media works or how the fans work, he's got to know how the Knicks work because that place, I mean, the amount of drama and obstacles, you have obstacles you can see, right? The roster, the losing, talent. And then you have the behind the scenes, which seems like it's Game of Thrones. So maybe that will be different now. Maybe uh, he will be able to convince People in power, the owner specifically, of things that need to be done. Maybe Leon Rose will be able to convince those people of things that need to be done. But Tom Thibodeau, he has a long list of things to worry about. But the the, the media and the fans, oh my God, the fans. The fans are the least important thing. The fans are good. Nick fans are on the Nick side. You know how you know? Same thing I tell you all the time, because they're still Nick fans. If they're still in at this point, they're good. They're not going anywhere. But the hiring, to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? Because no matter who the coach is, you're going to have to improve the talent on the roster. And by hiring this coach, I think you've greatly diminished one of the avenues to do that. I mean, what free agent is signing up for Tibbs? Now, maybe there's a free agent that will come here because you're going to pay him a whole lot more. That's not really the way I want to be signing free agents. I want to be signing guys who are the right fit for what they are looking to do. And you'd have to say for Tom Thibodeau, he has to, the, the big thing to me that he has to show is that he is willing to change his approach. If he is this great coach that everybody's talking about, all the, these friends of him that, that, that he has coached with in the past, being a great coach means you can win 
in more than one way, right? Like whatever the, the, the ingredients are, you tailor the recipe to what, the, what, what you have at your disposal. So he doesn't have a whole lot at his disposal right now. I'm not going to tell you that he has to be you know, winning uh, 40 games a year given the roster that they have. But just to simply say, no, this is, my, this is the system that I run, and I'm not going to change that despite what I have and despite the changes in the game. To me, that is not a, uh, that's not a great coach. A great coach has to be able to alter his approach to whatever he has at his disposal and really whatever the direction of the game is. So in regards to load management, which again, I mean, I can't say that term without load management. That's what we've come up with to describe players' minutes. Load management, managing someone's load. Oh my God, that needs a rewrite. Uh, the three-point shot, all those kind of things. He has to be able to show. It's not just about you know improving the roster and getting back to respectability, which wouldn't seem all that hard. So he's got a lot of work to do, but a, a lot of the things that people are talking about, it's just sound bites, man. Winning culture, it's all that, that's, that's a scam. Build a winning team, and you'll go from there. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So we'll get more on uh, Tom Thibodeau and uh, the the Knicks roster, which is terrible. I mean, even Tibbs, even on the day he was hired at his dream job, he couldn't even fake some enthusiasm about Kevin Knox or Frank Neal Aquina. (laughs) That's not not great. We open the show, of course, with uh, Tom Thibodeau news. I always thought it was Thibodeau. It's kind of one of those things that's gone back and forth. Thibodeau, 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 Thibodeau. Uh, I guess it's Thibodeau. The, 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 uh, the, the promo guy is saying Thibodeau. So I'm guessing that that's what it is. And that's what we're going with. We're going with that? All right, let's go with that. But the uh, Tom Thibodeau news, uh, Nick's hiring their new head coach yesterday, and a uh, five-year deal. And look, getting hired by the Knicks, everybody will uh, poo-poo it, but uh, it's a great deal because generally you get hired, right? You get a five-year contract, and you only have to work like maybe two and a half of those years. Hopefully that's different this time. Hopefully. But uh, we open with that. Now we got to get to the baseball. And our poll question, which is up for today, I put it up. It's on Twitter, people. It's at Gordon Damer. And it is all about baseball changing the rules once again. Yesterday, baseball, out of the blue, has decided now to, in order to get seasons in, right? You have the Marlins sitting. Who knows when they're going to play again? You have the Phillies sitting, waiting, who knows when that's going to, when they're going to be able to play again, and how much worse it's going to get. So baseball, always behind the curve, always always behind the curve, boy, uh, have tweaked the rules for this year, and they will now, uh, they have approved teams playing doubleheaders of seven innings each game, right, to, to be able to squeeze games in. So our poll question for today, right? There's been a lot of criticism surrounding um, the rule changes for this year. I don't like a lot of them. I think a lot of them are counterproductive. But the seven-inning doubleheader, in addition to only 60 games, right? I mean, less than one-third of of the season. All the wacky rules with the runner at second base now. All these different things. Teams that can't even, I mean, the Blue Jays aren't playing at their home ballpark. The Phillies and Marlins not playing anywhere. Who knows when they'll be able to play again. So which season, which World Series title 
do you think will have more legitimacy? Which title is more legitimate? Whoever wins this year in this strange cockeyed baseball season of 60 games and expanded playoffs and seven inning doubleheaders. I mean, at this point, just just have the uh, the um, the sabermetricians just tell us who wins. Just have the computer spit out some information and we'll just award the World Series title and away we go. So which season do you think, which title do you think will have uh, more legitimacy? The title, whoever wins it this year, Yankees, Dodgers, whoever, or will it be the Astros 2017 World Series title? The one where they uh, cheated, had a fundamental cheating program. It wasn't just they cheated a little bit here or there. It wasn't just they had a pitcher that was scuffing the baseball. No, they had a approved cheating program from the top of the organization that allowed them to win the 2017 World Series. I I think you know which way I'm going to go, but you can go however you want. Two options this year or the Astros title from 2017. And you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. All right, so a couple things. Baseball last night, Yankees beat the Orioles 8-6. So make it 18 straight, 17 in a row uh, against the Orioles in Baltimore. And I would just simply ask, And I guess maybe it's because they're not. But, like, if you're doing all these things to be able to squeeze games in despite the pandemic, and and at least you're paying word salad to we have to keep all these players healthy, we got to keep all these players safe, we have to do whatever we have to do to keep players safe. Why did the game come back from the rain delay? It was a rain delay of an hour and a half. Why do you have to resume that? It was an official game at that point. And look, I get it that ordinarily, right, we're going to play nine innings and that's the rules of the game. But I would think an hour and a half of everybody sitting around, I don't know what the numbers are, but I know the numbers aren't going to go down in terms of the possibility of more people and more players coming down with uh, COVID-19. So I would just simply say, what was the point? We have, if we have to do everything and anything, If you're having seven-inning doubleheaders to squeeze in as much as possible, why force the Yankees to sit around an hour and a half longer to beat the Orioles, which they do basically every time they play them? It doesn't seem like it makes a whole lot of sense. Now, I'm not saying it's the most egregious one. I know there's been other teams that have sat around a whole lot longer waiting to play games, waiting to complete games, but it just seems like a complete waste of time. When you could just say, you know what, we played, I think they played six innings at that point or five and a half innings. It's an official game. It's not ideal, but it is what it is. I mean, that's what the season is. It is what it is. <laughs> you get what you get and you don't get upset. That's what I told my kids when they were little. That's, that's the baseball season. But uh, speaking of things that are not great, you had Glaber go down last night. And uh, Glaber went down and uh, Gary Sanchez is staying down. Uh, in terms of Glaber, got hit by a pitch. It's just as well John Means did not make a sad face, right? He hit two Yankee batters in the first inning. I mean, he would have to be suspended for life if he made a sad face. He didn't make the sad face, so he's fine. And hopefully Glaber's fine. Uh, The x-rays were negative. Seemed pretty bad at the time, right? Like when he got hit by the pitch, you're like, oh, my God, here we go. But it seems like he's – I I wouldn't be surprised if he sits out for a little while. Yankees, you know, usually overly cautious about the injuries and – so we'll see how long Glaber is going to miss. 
And I guess the other issue, even despite, you know, Aaron Judge being awesome, but we'll get to that in another section of the show, which uh, you probably can guess. But Gary Sanchez, boy, wow, he just seems completely lost. Now, I didn't see all of his at-bats last night, but he is now 0 for 15 with 10 strikeouts. Again, I'm not Bill James, but that seems bad. Is that bad? It seems bad. 0 for 15 with 10 strikeouts. And of the at-bats that I have seen, he doesn't even seem remotely close right now. I mean, he just seems completely out of it. So they have not needed him to be great as of yet. They have not needed him to be good. They have not needed him to even be mediocre because he's been awful. And you just kind of wonder what's going on with Gary Sanchez, who the Yankees have done everything they can to kind of kind of get him pointed in the right direction and get the most out of Gary Sanchez, and it has not worked so far. And you just wonder. I know it's a short part of the season. It's not that deep in. We're only, what, five games in for the Yankees. But it is a little concerning to see just how lost he seems. But, of course, with the Yankees, the regular season is just – it's really just something to watch. It doesn't even really matter because the Yankees are – I mean, they're going to go to the playoffs. I mean – and, and when they go to the playoffs, that's where their season will be judged, assuming how that goes. And if they win, assuming there is playoffs, right? I mean, if I asked you right now, is there going to be baseball a week from now? I go on vacation August, I think it's August 8th. Will there still be baseball by August 8th? I, I'm not that confident. Uh, not good news yesterday that two Philly employees uh, tested positive. And, of course, the Phillies and the Marlins, that's been something we've been keeping our eye on. And I guess it's still good that no players um, have tested positive. But with the way testing is going and the way it seems like the virus kind of works, it feels like just a matter of time before some Philly players end up testing positive, right? And even even if they don't, I mean, even if, if by Monday baseball says, you know what, the Phillies, you guys are good to go, would you feel comfortable playing the Phillies right now? Would you, whatever the Marlins come back, are, are there players that would feel confident in Major League Baseball's diagnosis of the situation saying, you know what? They're good to go, guys. Rob Manfred's giving them the clean bill of hell. He's giving them the thumbs up. They're good. You got the Marlins not playing, the Blue Jays uh, not playing at their ballpark, the Phillies shut down. I mean, would you feel comfortable? So you can vote on the poll question again. It's up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. And you know what the good thing is? And I brought this up at the time. Remember when they first made the rule change? I said, these are, these are Rob Manfred's best ideas. And it doesn't look great that baseball is still changing the rules in the middle. I thought it was bad when they changed the rules minutes before the season began. Changing the rules in the middle of the season, that's less than ideal, too. All of a sudden, free parking is $1,000. Oh, look at that. I landed on free parking. But don't worry. Rob Manfred has a new idea. It's a baseball survivor. Much like the reality show, whoever is left standing at the end wins. So I think at this part, the uh, the Marlins, I, I'm sorry to inform you, but the tribe has spoken. The Cleveland Indians? No, the uh, the rest of the tribe. You, you guys are out. You guys were really never in. I mean, you. that's like when somebody gets on the reality show and they eliminate somebody even before the show starts. That's the Marlins. Phillies, tribe has spoken. The Orioles, you guys are out. What? We don't even have any kids. No, the, the Orioles have tested positive for suckiness. So um, there you go. Uh, speaking of diagnoses, or is it diagnoses? I'm not sure. The Mets, uh, baseball's version of WebMD. You know you have something. If you have something wrong, right, 
some sort of ailment. You have, you know, I got something in my wrist right now. So you go to WebND and you just find out all the horrible things that you, things you have never heard of before in your life. You go to WebMD and you find these things out. And over time, if you're a hypochondriac like me, you convince yourself, oh, my God, I got this. I got this thing. Oh, my God. Euromycetosis. I've got the Euromycetosis. That's the Mets. And let's be honest. The Mets, it seems like every year they're good for one ailment you have never heard of before. Isn't, I mean, isn't that true? Be honest. Even Met fans out there, you know, I love you guys. But had you ever heard of Valley Fever before the Mets? Be honest. Had you ever heard of Valley Fever? If I said someone I know has Valley Fever, you would think that person's making up an ailment so they can stay home from work or for whatever reason. That's not a, Valley Fever. Is not, I never heard of Valley Fever. The Mets got Valley Fever. Had you be honest now? Had you ever heard of intercostal muscles before the Mets? I'm pretty sure even today I don't even have these things. I, I keep checking my abs. I can't find any of them. Thoracic outlet syndrome. Had you heard of thoracic outlet syndrome before in your life? I think that those are those uh, those stores that they have on the east end of Long Island. It's the thoracic outlets. <laughs> if there was a major league baseball player who is going to be diagnosed with something weird. The odds are overwhelmingly it's going to be a Met. Even uh, FanDuel, who is, uh, is basically giving away free money with their, their promos these days, even they would not put up odds on a weird diagnosis in Major League Baseball because everybody would bet the Mets. Everybody. If it was Euromycetosis, if it was hot dog fingers. If I told you right now, a baseball player had been diagnosed with hot dog fingers. You wouldn't even need to read the rest of the story. You'd know, oh my God, the Mets, they got a guy with hot dog fingers. Space herpes. If I told you right now somebody came down with space herpes, you would know it was going to be a Met. All right, so Jed Lowry. The, the, the story yesterday was Jed Lowry, at least before the game. Edwin Diaz cleared Jed Lowry from your, <laughs> from your mind, though, didn't he? Uh, Jed Lowry got diagnosed with PCL laxity. Again, had you ever heard of PCL laxity before? I thought it was laxatives at first. Oh, my God, this guy, poor guy. Wow, what a horrendous move that Jed Lowry move is. I mean, it's pretty clear he's not going to ever play for the team again, right? And you have now paid him, or you will... I get whatever the prorated. I mean, he was signed for two years and $20 million, and you're going to get seven at-bats out of him. Seven at-bats for $20 million. Boy, that is good work if you can get it. If you're, it's almost like when you're an, if you're an actor and you get cast in something where the person just lies there and doesn't speak, that's a good role, right? You don't even need to li- learn any lines. You just lie in the hospital bed. That's uh, unfortunately the way for, uh, for Jed Lowry. I mean, seven at-bats for $20 million. And the, the crazy thing is, that move is horrible, right? Like, ordinarily, that would be in the conversation. I don't even think there would be a conversation. You sign somebody for $20 million over two years, and the guy basically never plays for you, that's a horrendous move. And the crazy thing is, as awful as it is, it's not the worst move made by the GM. And the GM who made the move is still the GM. Think about that. 
Think about that. You signed a guy, you handed out $20 million to a guy who basically never plays. And that's not the worst move on your resume. And it's not like he's been here for 20 years, right? Like everybody makes mistakes. The Diaz Cano move is so bad and just continues to hurt the Mets at basically every turn. And, you know, I saw this on Twitter and it's absolutely true. And I can't remember who had it. It wasn't somebody that I followed. But even if you took out what the Mets gave up to get Diaz and Cano, that would be an all-time horrendous move. Even if you took out Jared Clem, even if you gave up nothing to get Diaz and Cano, the amount of games that Diaz has impacted directly and the production you've gotten out of Cano in the year and a little bit more. So if Jared Kalenic ever turns out to be good, forget about Mike Trout. People are talking about him being Mike. If he just turns out to be like a really good player who goes to an all-star game here or there, that has to be the worst move in franchise history. You are paying Robinson Cano $24 million for three more years, and you have Diaz, who, I mean, it, it wasn't even a save situation last night, but he's been a disaster one day after the next. So the Mets lose to the Red Sox last night 4-2. Edwin Diaz is, uh, as I said, I, I mean, he's a, he's a walking run and inning. And you cannot continue to allow him, forget about closing games at this point, you can't even allow him to be in high leverage spots. He looks lost. But for all the criticism, and I'm sure there will be plenty of it for Edwin Diaz throughout the day here on ESPN New York, the real problem the last two nights and the real problem for the Mets pretty much this year has been the bats. The Mets are going to win or lose based on how their offense carries them. They are a team. They're no longer this pitching team. They're no longer a defense team. They are a team that needs to score runs. And the last two nights, they've had plenty of opportunities. But they have not been able to cash in. I think they're now 4 for 24 with runners in scoring position. And again, this is against an awful Red Sox team. And to uh, lose the last two nights like that, and to now be under 500, I know it's only seven games for them, but the Red Sox are a bad team. And the Mets need to be able to, I mean, this lineup should be able to score runs. And they had countless opportunities. That eighth inning last night, they had an opportunity in the ninth inning last night, and uh, were not able to cash in. And so when you hear today, throughout the day, I'm sure, plenty of talk about Edwin Diaz, and he's been terrible. No other way to put it. But if you are a Met fan who watched that game last night, to me, primarily Edwin Diaz is not the issue last night. The issue last night and the night before is that the bats never came up with the big hit. Yeah! And that one's drilled to left field. A three-run home run for Judge, and the Yankees come back, and they lead this one 8-6. to six. Oh, Michael K. the call. The Aaron Judge home run last night. The Yankees find a way, even despite blowing a lead to the uh, Orioles, to still beat the Orioles. 18 in a row now against the Orioles. 17 in a row at Camden Yards. Yankees Stadium South, as uh, I like to call it. Hey, Rangers hockey is back. Did you hear? 
And MSG is helping you throw the ultimate viewing party with a brand new home entertainment system and free food delivery during the game. For your chance to win, enter the Rangers return sweepstakes at msgnetworks.com backslash ranger sweeps and enjoy Rangers versus Canes Saturday at noon on MSG Network. Rangers return sweepstakes is presented by the New York Post and 98.7 FM ESPN New York. So before we get to the calls and our poll question up for today on Twitter at Gordon Damer is all about the baseball rules and the baseball rule changes that they continue to make. And it's only a matter of time before the uh, baseball rule changes turn into baseball survivor, where people will just vote on who still gets to, if you get to remain playing games this season. Marlins have already been cast aside. The Phillies, their season is basically over. And uh, the Blue Jays, they're not even playing in their home ballpark, so I think we can eliminate them right now as well. And then we'll just, each week that we go here, and hopefully it's a few more weeks, hopefully it's not going to, I mean, the Yankees have been playing so well and just running through this, it uh, doesn't matter how many rules you have, it doesn't matter how many games you have, you just keep rolling up the wins, now 4-1, and one. amazing, great stuff. But it feels like it's not, uh, the season right now, if I were to give you August 8th as a date, is the season still going on? I don't know, man. I don't feel great, especially not with the news yesterday that Philly, a Philly I think it's two Phillies employees, one clubhouse uh, employee and uh, one, uh, was it a coach? that uh, tested positive, it feels like today we'll get the news, or if not today, tomorrow, one of these days that based on playing the Marlins or based on something that one of the the Phillies players will end up uh, testing positive. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong because I want the baseball season to continue. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. And then, of course, you have uh, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams uh, got to uh, speak. Was it yesterday that that happened? I'm not even sure anymore. All the days kind of run together, don't they? But he finally got to speak about being uh, dealt to the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Do we have any Jamal Adams? I didn't see that on the sheet, Brian. Yeah, give me the one cut you have. I'm sure that that will display the uh, what I want to display. I prayed on it. I prayed on it hard, and I, you know, I asked God, you know to place me where I needed to be, whether that was to go back to New York or whether that's to be traded. And this is my calling, man. I'm here. I'm here to stay. And I'm, I'm excited to be a Seattle Seahawk. Like I said, and I'm, 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 I'm really overwhelmed, but at the same time, man, it, it's so surreal um, to be around great, uh, a great organization like Seattle um, and to, to be coached by um, legendary coaches, hall of fame coaches playing with hall of famers um, from Russ to Bobby, KJ, Bruce Irvin, um, Quandre, the list goes on and on, man. I, I'm just excited to be to be here. Um, I'm, I'm here to help, and you know I can't wait to get out there in front of the twelves. Oh, he's he's all about Seattle now. He's catching fish at that fish market. He's uh, wearing a Nirvana shirt. You ever feel some way about someone? Like you have someone that you know and your friends know, and you feel one way about them, and your friends feel completely different. But then something happens over the course of time that your friend or your family all of a sudden comes around to your way of thinking. It's hysterical. To oh, me. that happened to me recently. Did I, it really? Oh, yeah. How so, of, how so? Do you want to so, talk well, about it on the air or you want to keep could, it private? I could talk about it a little bit. I'm not going to mention any names. Okay. But, but it did happen. Oh, well, I would mention just my wife. So she actually had this friend that was like, oh, she's such a great person. She introduced her to a couple people. 
And she also said and then the, to the other people, they were like, oh, she's great. And I was like, mm, there's something about this person that rubs me the wrong way. See that? And then... Go with your first instinct. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't know what it is, but there's just something. And then the time comes by. And then we had like a, a big, I guess, a, like a big re- revelation, I guess, uh-huh. for my wife. And then she was like, you were right all along. See that? <laughs> I get you some points down the road, my friend. Well, uh, that's kind of the Jamal Adams situation because for the longest time I have been sitting here, I guess spitting at the wind. I mean, this guy is so full of himself. And look, he's a great player. There's no question of it. No, he's questioning that. Anytime you're an all-pro, not a pro bowler, but anytime you're an all-pro in football, that says something. And he's been all-pro two years in a row. But, I mean, just the, the level of, of arrogance that he has displayed since his time here. So then you get to hear his comments yesterday, and people are reacting to it like, you know, this guy's really full of himself. Yes, yes. He called himself the Prez on a team that won three or four games a year. It's not really that surprising that this guy is full of himself. And for him to say that he prayed to God to put him in the right situation, boy, it would not be all that surprising if God was not a Jet fan, right? I mean, I think, we, I think if, if God does have a team that he pulls for, I don't know what team it is. I would think it's probably the Giants, but it's definitely not the Jets. We can say that much for sure. But he prayed to God, and God put him in Seattle. And uh, Joe Douglas, using, I guess, apparently – divine intervention got that done so uh, i don't think that anybody we don't have to worry about him anymore that's i guess the the nicest thing about it but for him to say this is my calling i'm here to stay gonna retire seahawk you know beginnings are easy beginnings are the simple part let's see what happens when things maybe get a little difficult or when the contract offer comes in i'm guessing i'm guessing even though we won't care about him anymore this is not the last time we will hear about Jamal Adams, and it's not the last time we'll hear Jamal Adams not being happy about something. But I could be wrong. How long did it take people to find the Met game last night? I did not realize it was on uh, you know, the Fox broadcast. I, you know, I go to SNY. I'm looking at Channel 11, Channel 9, MLB Network. Is it on ESPN? Tonight? I mean, it, it took a good 10 minutes. I just It was like a last shot. I said, well, maybe it's on Fox. I don't know. And you have to say, if you watched the game on Fox last night, you and I are probably both not really in favor of the artificial crowd noise or the, what do you call it, cyber fans? You have to be honest, though. The crowd noise last night during the Met game, I don't know what they're doing differently than the regular, bro- you know, the local broadcast here in New York. It sounded better. And I got to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of the the fake fans in the outfield, but it did look pretty good. It didn't look, it didn't, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to hate it. But the crowd noise, to me, that was a big, big difference last night. Hey, by the way, did I mention the Rangers hockey is back? Did I mention this twice already? Let's do it again, just to, just to be sure. And MSG is helping you throw the ultimate viewing party with a brand new home entertainment system and free food delivery during the game. For your chance to win, enter the Rangers return sweepstakes at msgnetworks.com backslash Rangers sweep. Rangers sweep, excuse me. Ranger sweep. Sweeps. And enjoy Rangers versus Kane Saturday at noon on MSG Network. Rangers return sweepstakes is presented by the New York Post 
and 98.7 FM ESPN New York. All right, before we go to the calls, net picks and chill pick this week, it's pretty much the same one as last week, except now it has been released. Last Chance You on Netflix. It's a series that follows a, um, I guess it's like an independent, like a, a lower college program, but for kids who have the possibility to maybe move up to a bigger program, have had things go wrong in their life one way or the other, and they're getting their last shot uh, of college eligibility to really prove that they can play at the next level, either in college or the pros. The previous seasons have been sensational. I have not started watching this season, but I'm sure it's going to be excellent as well. So that would be my net picks chill for the, uh, and pick for this week would be Last Chance You on Netflix. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Let's get some phone calls in on this uh, Friday morning. In case you're just joining us, we touched on Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau, uh, to me, it's a, it's a move that doesn't make a whole lot of sense considering that no matter who took that job, the biggest issue is going to be improving the roster. Or at least, uh, you know, I, I guess there's probably bigger issues than that behind the scenes, but of the issues you can see improving the roster. And I think Tom Thibodeau kind of prevents you from having one of those avenues to improving the team, which is free agency. I don't want the team to be built primarily through free agency. I want you to to build a you know talent base through the draft, through trades. But Tom Thibodeau, unless he is willing to change, I don't see a lot of free agents lining up to play for him given his reputation in the past. And if Tom Thibodeau is as great a coach as everybody talks about, it's not just about wins and losses. It's about being able to take the talent you have, which, again, he does not have a lot right now, and I'm not asking him to win 40 games with this talent, but it's about taking whatever talent you are able to acquire and building your system, whatever system that is, around the talent you have and, and maximizing the return on that. And I don't know that Tom Thibodeau is going to be able to do that uh, with the Knicks. So uh, we will see. The Mets stuff was out there, of course, with the Mets uh, not being able to come through last night. The Jed Lowry stuff, the Edwin Diaz stuff. And, of course, the Yankees win. We can always count on the Yankees winning. All right, we can always count on Lewis and Whippany. Lewis, my friend, how are you today? How you doing? Gord Damer, uh, Michael K. Show, trivia champion. And yes. Bow down to your trivia king. Oh, my God. Yes, Lewis. <laughs> hey, so listen, um, I, I, know, I, know, I know when you're joking. Um, uh, pretty much, you know, I listen to you pretty much every day, so I know when you're joking, but, you know, um, the comment you made about, uh, Kelly being suspended, uh, you know, that bothers me because, you know, I go on, on social media and I read all these people that are like genuinely mad that he got suspended and you ask him like, yo, you know, you realize that he got suspended because he aimed at people's heads, right? They're like, oh, it doesn't matter. They cheated. I was like, yeah, man. But remember, if they get hit in the head, like it doesn't matter that they cheated. Like, they, they can't end up in a worse situation, man. Like, well, I, don't Lewis, I, I said yesterday, I said yesterday that the, the location I was not a fan of. I don't have a problem with him throwing even at guys, but Neither it can't be I. at the head because uh, exactly. that's a little dangerous. But yes. if it's now a thing where throwing at anybody's head is this, this overwhelming concern in baseball, well, then intent shouldn't be the only factor in coming up with suspensions. Like, the end result is still the end result, right? Like, even if no, you didn't uh, mean course. to have it happen, other guy. I mean, there was a guy in the Dodgers last night. It wasn't Kelly. It was somebody else. It was another reliever, and his name escapes me right now. Hit someone on the Diamondbacks in the head. 
Is that guy going to be suspended now? I mean, there was a guy, the guy in the Orioles hit two batters last night. The guy in the first inning, three Yankees got hit. If this is such a concern that we all have to be so overly uh, sensitive but, towards, then why aren't there suspensions be, all the time? But we have to be honest, though. Like, uh, just like anything else in life, uh, the situation does make a difference. What's happening in that time does make a difference, right? Like, we all know that the Astros cheated. We all know how everybody feels. The fact that he's throwing at them or anyone else will be throwing them, there is just more than intent. It's you pretty much want to say, I'm going to hurt you, essentially. There's well, I mean, again, Lewis, and, and thank you for the phone call. He, he, he did not even hit the guy. So I would think that if, if we're all going to be so overly concerned now, to me, Joe Kelly got suspended for one reason. It wasn't because he threw at one of the Astros. It was because he made the little sad face and made it obvious that he was throwing at the Astros. Quickly, Spike in Jersey. Spike, go, my friend. Good morning, Michael K. Trivia Choke Championship. Yo, boy, that's a tough list. Quick, and, we're, we're and, under and a minute. Dave, and Dave Rothenberg, whatever you want to have. Great person. Listen, I thought the NBA 2K, I looked like the NBA 2K, the, the crowd looked terrific there. It was good to see basketball. But my reason for calling was if Stanton and Judge keep hitting like this, the Yankees, the you know, little pitching will come around. It's just going to take some time. Yeah, well, I mean, look, the thing about the Yankees is the regular season doesn't matter. I mean, they're going to the playoffs. We know that they're going to the playoffs. Even before they expanded the field in the playoffs, you knew they were going to the playoffs. I do think uh, the NBA, I mean, it's not a shock that the NBA gets it right. You take a look at the camera angles last night. It it made you feel, and I didn't watch a lot, but of of what I did watch, it did catch my eye, and it was appealing to my eye. Like, I, I probably watched longer than I probably intended to just because the angle of it looks so cool. Yeah, but you will watch the playoffs in Canada. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, if we look, get there, if we yeah, get there, I mean, which I think they have a good grip on the uh, on what they're doing with uh, yes. you know uh, keeping everybody in the bubble. But we'll see. Have a great weekend, my friend. You too, Spike. All right, that's going to do it for us for today. Uh, you can vote on the poll question. Please do. Which uh, which World Series title will have more legitimacy? This year's title or the Astros cheating title from 2017? That's up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And if you didn't, if you didn't catch all of the show today, the podcast will be out in just a little while. So please listen to the podcast. It'll be up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. We'll see you Monday at five. Have a good weekend. This is the Gordon Damer show on 98.7 ESPN.